Hi everybody, thank you so much for checking out our podcast. If you'd like to know more about us or connect with us, then please do go to our church website and we would love to get to know you some more. Here's today's message. We hope it blesses you, encourages and inspires you. Fear can paralyse us. When we're scared and fearful, we're naturally wired to stop, to assess, to protect ourselves from the danger that we perceive that is making us fearful. Fear means that we so often stop. If you have ever gone paintballing, there are uh, different methodologies as to how one has a paintball fight. Some people are completely fearless. When they go paintballing, they just run around like headless chickens and no matter who is shooting at them or no matter what the objective is, they just go charging ahead into the crossfire in the hope that they won't get hit. Others are, and myself would, I would include in this, are naturally more cautious, more fearful of getting hurt or hit by an, uh, uh, a paintball shot at you at rocket speed. And as a result of our caution and our fear, we can often hold back. We can wait for the opportune move moment to move before we commit to stepping out. Uh, towards the objective that the the paintball challenge has set. Now, as you will be able to tell, I'm no great master at paintball, um, but the best way to be successful in paintball is to move. It makes encounter intuitive when you're fearful, but if you are moving, it is much harder to hit a moving target than one that is sat still. The only way that you are going to re achieve your objective of capturing the flag or making all the rest of the team out of the paintball game is by moving forward. You're not gonna get achieve that by standing still. So to succeed in paintball, no matter how scared or fearful you might be of getting hit, the best thing to do is to push past that fear and to move forwards with a purpose in mind. And what is true in paintball is also true in our lives. Fear can paralyze us, it can stop us in our tracks. We might be fearful, for example, of what the dentist will say and the size of the bill we will get when we emerge from lockdown and can finally go back to the dentist again. And if you're anything like me, you'll be tempted to put off booking an appointment so you don't have a dentist telling you you need to have uh, work done and then have to pay the bill at the end of it. I was certainly like that before lockdown and it's going to be a challenge to get back to the dentist when we come out. We might be fearful of rejection or, or of taking too much on or of failing to do what we set out to do or whatever else it may be. But to allow fear to paralyze us can prove counterproductive in the ultimate purpose that we're trying to achieve. Not going to the dentist will not help you fulfill your purpose of keeping all your teeth. Being scared of taking a risk and uh, uh, for the for the risk uh, for the fear of failure 
will prevent you from, from reaping all the potential rewards that you could achieve as you pursue a purpose that you set ahead of you. When fear comes, and it will come for each and every one of us, if we are to move beyond it, we need to know that we have a purpose because that purpose will motivate us and inspire us to move beyond fear. Without a purpose, fear will paralyze you. But when you have a purpose, you can move beyond fear. You can step out in faith into the God-given purpose that God has for your life. And the good news is that each and every one of us has a purpose. Maybe just take a moment to recognise that this morning. Write it in the chat if you want. Say, I've got a purpose. You've got a purpose. And so as we look at this passage from 1 Peter, we're going to think about what our purpose is and how we might live that purpose out, that we might overcome fear and move beyond it as we uh, step out in faith with Jesus. Everybody has a purpose, but to move beyond fear, we first of all need to recognise what that purpose is. It's important we recognise the context in which Peter is writing here, and he's writing to Christians who are all expecting and likely to face challenges and unjust treatment because of their newfound faith in Jesus. For many of us in the West, we can so easily take for granted the freedom that we have to express our faith. And yet so often we can feel fearful to share our faith, to live our faith out with people around us. But imagine the fear and the uncertainty of knowing that because of your faith, because you follow this guy called Jesus, you will be treated unfairly. You'll be persecuted for that faith. What would keep you going in those circumstances? Peter wants the church to know that they have a purpose. And that purpose is to be a blessing to those around them. Listen to verse 9 where even the church would have been understandably fearful of people who might oppose them. Peter's advice is clear as he says this do not repay evil with evil but with blessing because of this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing this theme of blessing runs throughout the bible Right at the start of the book of Genesis, as God speaks to Abraham and calls out and starts on a journey with Abraham and his descendants, he promises not only to bless him and to bless his descendants, but also to bless the nations around them and through them as his people. As we move through the Old Testament and into the New, we see Jesus's ministry and Jesus certainly knew how to be a blessing. Crowds gathered from all around to be blessed by Jesus. He healed them, he restored them, he provided for them, he inspired them. Jesus spent the entirety of his ministry not focusing on what pleased him, but on being a blessing to those around him. 
we're just a few weeks away from celebrating Easter just and just a couple of days before he knew that he was going to be nailed to a cross. Jesus didn't stand in fear of what lay ahead of him, but instead he blessed those around him. He washed his disciples' feet. He even cut or, or restored the ear of one of his captors after Peter had cut it off. Jesus knew how to be a blessing. He knew his purpose was to bless others. And he sets us an example as his disciples, as his followers, to follow as well. Throughout the rest of the New Testament, we see and hear how God's people sought to follow Jesus's example of being a blessing to those around them. When fear sets in, how do you respond? Do you lash out? Peter himself, who wrote this letter, knew what, how to do that, as we'll hear about next week. Do you retreat in on yourself? Do you bury your head in the sand? Or do you know that even though times might be tough, you have a purpose? And because of that purpose that you have, even though it may be hard, even though it might be the last thing that you want to do, you can continue to be a blessing, even in the circumstances that you find yourself in that can seem so overwhelming and fearful. Fear is terrifying. It daunts us and stops us in our tracks. But God gives us a purpose. Even when times get tough, even when the future is uncertain, he calls you and he calls me and he calls us to be a blessing to those around us. Fear is grounded in looking to the future often with uncertainty. But I wonder today if we might shift our perspective to move beyond fear instead of looking to an uncertain future and how we might cope with that in the future and feeling understandably fearful as a result. May we change our perspective and instead of casting our eyes to what lies ahead of us, may we look at where we are today and think, how might I be a blessing today in this moment to those around me? As we do this, as we take one day at a time blessing the people around us, I assure you that before you know it, you will look back and see that you have moved beyond fear that, so, that, so, that previously felt so overwhelming. We all have a purpose to be a blessing, but in order to be that blessing, we need to fuel our purpose. We are all humans and we all have limited abilities and resources. After months of problem solving and working through lockdown, I know that I've had to acknowledge that I can't do everything on my own and in my own strength. I long to be a blessing in a whole range of different situations and circumstances, 
yet I found that my ability to bless everyone on my own is not enough. And I'm sure that I'm not the only one feeling like this in this moment. So when we run out of energy of our own, when we don't know how we can possibly be a blessing, where do we turn? What is it that will enable us to be a blessing even when we've got nothing left to give? For Peter, the answer is simple. If we are to be a blessing to those around us, we need to fuel that purpose, not by our own efforts and by working hard, but by looking to Jesus. Listen to verses 14 and 15 again. But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats, do not be frightened, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. When we see Jesus and the blessing that we have in him, even when we have no strength of our own, one look to Jesus transforms our perspective. It fuels our ability to be a blessing to those around us. As verses 17 and 18 tell us, it is better if it's God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous and the unrighteous, to bring you to God. How can you be a blessing? Because you have been blessed. We can bless because we have first received a blessing. One look to Jesus and we see that even when we feel paralysed by fear, we can know with confidence that we have been blessed. One look to Jesus and we can know confidently that he suffered for our sins and our mistakes even the mistakes of the righteous and the good, yet alone those who feel like they're unrighteous and not good enough for God. One look to Jesus and we can know that we have been brought back to God. In other words, Jesus went beyond fear. He went to the cross that I might be blessed and that you might be blessed that we might be restored, that we might find life that we don't deserve. So how will you respond to that gift of grace, that most wonderful blessing that no matter how little we deserved it, God through Jesus has blessed you and he's blessed me. Jesus fuels our capacity to move beyond fear and to be a blessing. As we look to Jesus and see the way that he has blessed us, it is only natural to respond by wanting to bless others as an act of worship and of devotion and of gratitude for the blessing that we have received in Jesus. Jesus fuels our ability to bless. 
this morning, even if you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian, even if you wouldn't consider yourself as someone who is good enough for God, if this church thing is all new to you, then please know today that you have been blessed. Because Jesus died, even the unrighteous, the unholy, the unchurchy have been blessed. When fear sets in and you feel paralysed, please don't feel like you need to rely on your own strength to continue to be a blessing to those around you, even when you don't feel like it. Instead, can I encourage you to look to Jesus? Can I encourage you to, to know who he is, to see what he has done for you and to respond out of the gratitude in your heart. As we recognise our purpose of being a blessing, this is ultimately a practical purpose and something that we need to live out in our lives. Peter recognises this and so he gives us a range of practical ways that we can start to be a blessing to those around us. First of all, he helps us to consider who we can bless and he starts by saying that we as a church fellowship, as a church family, can be a blessing to one another. A couple of weeks ago, we heard how the church are called to be examples of the character of God. And so if God is called to be the God of blessing, then we need to be a church of blessing to mirror his character to one another and to those around us. As we bless one another, we in turn encourage, nurture and enable one another to go out to be a blessing to those around us. Just read verse 8 again and think, how could I be a blessing? to my church family in this moment. But Jesus doesn't want us to be just a holy huddle, blessing each other because we're all part of God's club. Peter clearly wants the church to be a blessing to their communities and to the world around them. Even in the face of difficulty and persecution, Peter urges the church not to repay evil with evil, but to bless the world around them that people might see Jesus in us. We are called to bless not just our friends but to be a blessing to everyone. But not only does Peter help us to think about who we can bless, he also helps us to think about how we can bless. In verse 15 he encourages us to be prepared to give an answer to people about the faith that we have in Jesus. We can be a blessing through the words that we speak, through the story that we share and the difference that Jesus and our faith in him has made in our lives. But just as important as the words that we speak are the attitudes of our hearts. In verses 15 and 16, Peter encourages us to be gentle and respectful clear in conscious. Blessing people is not just about what we do but it's also about who we are and how we value the people that are around us. We all have a purpose to live for. 
So this week, may we go out into whatever the week holds ahead of us and may we look for the opportunity to be a blessing. May we bless everyone we meet. May we build one another up with our words. May we share the story of hope and life that Jesus offers to us all. But before we speak or do anything, let's first of all bless one another by honouring each other in our hearts. This week, you may be facing fear, you may be feeling fearful, but please don't let that fear paralyse you. In God, you have a God-given purpose, and that is a purpose worth pursuing. Please don't look at the fears of an uncertain future, but rather look for ways that you might be able to be a blessing in the present moment. Look to Jesus, know that he has blessed you and let him fuel how you respond to those around you. And as you do so, I'm confident that not only will you be a blessing to those around you, but you will also move beyond fear as you embrace God's purpose in your life. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for the blessing that you are to us, for the hope that you have given us, for the love that you have revealed to us, for the amazing grace that we find in you, for the forgiveness that we have in you. Lord, you are so good to us and we thank you and we praise you for that blessing that you have poured out into our lives through Jesus. And Lord, as we live our lives in this moment, Lord, we acknowledge where we are. We acknowledge our fears. We acknowledge all that we are facing. But Lord, we know that you have given us a purpose. And so out of who you are, what you have done for us, Lord, we pray that we will continue to be a blessing to those around us. We think of the week ahead of us in our work, in our communities, in our neighbourhoods, in our homes. Lord, would you help us to be a blessing to those around us? And Lord, as we step out with you, may we not only move beyond fear, but may we see your blessing working and revealing your great love to those around us, that they too may know the blessing that they have in you as their Lord, their Saviour and their God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.